Turn your Bible to Hebrews, please. Hebrews chapter 1. First chapter of Hebrews. I want to speak this morning on the subject, He hath spoken to us by His Son. He hath spoken to us by His Son. Brother Eric read this a moment ago, but let me read again. God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. We do not know who wrote the book of Hebrews. All through the years, conservative Bible-believing Christians have differed as to who wrote this book. Some believe Barnabas, others Apollos, some believe Luke wrote it. There's been an unbroken tradition through the years, and I think I agree with that tradition, that the Apostle Paul wrote this book. It has his imprint on every page, and it certainly has the imprint of the Holy Spirit's authority on every page. This book was written probably before the fall of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., the reason we think this is because in chapter 10 and other places, he refers to the priest daily offering a sacrifice. After 70 AD, there was no more sacrifice because there was no more temple. The Romans destroyed it, burned it to the ground. And from that day until now, there is no Jewish temple in Jerusalem. There is a temple mount, and we've been reading in the paper all about the trouble between the Palestinians and the Israelis, it has to do with the Temple Mount. On the side of the Temple Mount is the, are the last vestiges of the ancient temple. This is called the Wailing Wall. And for hundreds of years, the Jews have gone and prayed at that Wailing Wall. They prayed for Jerusalem. They prayed for a new temple. They would write their prayers on little pieces of paper and stick them in the wall. Some of those of you who have been to Jerusalem remember going to that wall, and maybe you prayed. There's a women's area and a men's area. You can write your prayers out and put them in the crevices of those walls. You're standing at the wall that Solomon built 1,000 B.C. On top of that temple mount originally was the Jewish temple. When the Queen of Sheba came, she said, not half has been told. Its beauty far excelled the Taj Mahal in India. It was the most beautiful temple and building in the world. This was torn down by the Romans in 70 A.D. And after 500 A.D., the Muslims came. And the Mohammedans built a shrine there called the Dome of the Rock. On that plateau is the rock where Abraham offered Isaac. You remember the story from Genesis, Mount Moriah. This is where it happened. And the Muslims have built a huge 
temple or mosque over that rock. In past years, you could take your shoes off and go into that temple or that mosque and you could look at the rock. Today, no Jew or Gentile who is not a Muslim can go into that building. And so when one of the Jewish leaders just visited the Temple Mount the other day, you have to read his mind to know whether he meant any hurt by it. I think many times people have gone there. We've gone there. I've been there many times. Almost all the times that we've been there, the guide permits us to go on that Temple Mount. Well, this particular Jewish leader went there, and immediately the Muslims got upset. They started throwing stones, and then they started throwing stones down by the wailing wall at those who were praying there. And thus, the trouble began that you're reading about in the papers. It was all over that piece of property called the Temple Mount, called the Dome of the Rock by the Muslims. Well, it was at that point when the temple fell, and there was no more temple, that Some of the Jews were tempted to go back, the Jewish Christians, to go back to Judaism. And so whoever wrote the book, I believe the Apostle Paul, wrote to point out that Jesus was better than the angels. He was better than Aaron. He was better than Moses. He was better than the Old Testament sacrificial system. Jesus was superior to all of those things. And then he said... In past years, God has spoken to us in many different ways, various diverse ways. One of those ways was by nature. Hold your finger in Hebrews 1 and turn to Psalm 104. And listen to this for a moment. These sublime words, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty, who coverest thyself with light as with a raiment and a garment, who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain, who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, who maketh the clouds his chariot, who walketh upon the wings of the wind, who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire, who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be moved forever. Thou coverest it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunder they hasted away. They go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bond that they may not pass over, that they turn again not to cover the earth. He sent the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. By them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation, which sing above among the branches. He watereth the hills with his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. He causeth the grass to grow for the cattle, and herb for the service of man, that he may bring food from afar out of the earth. Now on and on he goes to talk about how nature itself is a testimony of God speaking to man. He spoke to us through the thunder. When it thundered, the Hebrews would say, God did that. When it lightened, the Hebrews would say, God did that. 
Now, the American Indians, though they did not have a full revelation of God, said something, the same thing. When it thundered, some power did that. When it lightened, some power did that. You see, God was testifying in nature to his reality. Now, of course, there are some that believe this is all just by chance happening, that somehow it all evolved, and they call themselves evolutionists. I have yet to have an evolutionist tell me how somebody one day threw a whole bunch of little screws and little pins and so on in a washing machine. It washed all around, and out came this watch. They don't know the answer. No, there was a mastermind behind that. So was there a mastermind behind nature. There was a mastermind behind you and me. And so the author is here saying, God in past times spoke to us in diverse ways through nature. He spoke to us through the prophets. Listen to this. In, Psalm, in Genesis 49.10, Jacob said a wonderful truth. This was just before his death. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And in Numbers 24, 17, a strange prophet named Balaam said this, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. And shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. And in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, Moses said, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. And again, in Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet Isaiah called to go down and speak to the people of God who were discouraged and defeated. They had hung their harps on willow trees. Somebody said, sing the songs of Zion. They said, we cannot sing the songs of Zion in a foreign land. And in Isaiah 40, God said, here's what you're to say, Isaiah. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, her iniquity is pardoned. She hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sin. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. For every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. The rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. The prophet said that over and over again. And then in Malachi, chapter 3, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Yes, God has spoken in many different ways, through nature, through the prophets, through the inner witness deep within our heart when fall comes and the trees are all barren and in the winter we see those stark naked trees just standing like they're dead and yet everybody that knows anything about nature at all knows that in just a few months 
there will come springs of life out from those trees. And there will be new life. And there will be leaves. Doth not nature itself teach us God? God has spoken in many, many ways. But the writer of Hebrews says, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. Isn't that marvelous? By his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Note why he has spoken to us and who this Son of God is. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. That's Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not, weak, not something to be hold, held on to at all costs, to be with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I have a list of 103 names by which Jesus is called in the Bible. Adam, Advocate, Almighty, Alpha Omega, Amen, the Apostle of our profession, the author and finisher of our faith, the arm of the Lord, the author of eternal salvation, the beginning of the creation of God, the blessed and holy potentate, the branch, the bread of life, the captain of our salvation, the chief shepherd, the Christ of God, the consolation of Israel, the cornerstone, the counselor, the creator, the dayspring, the deliverer, the desire of all nations, the door, the elect of God, everlasting father, faithful witness, first and last, first begotten, forerunner, God, God blessed, good shepherd, governor, great high priest, head of the church, heir of all things, holy child, holy one, holy one of God, holy one of Israel, horn of salvation, I am, image of God, Emmanuel, Jehovah, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, judge of Israel, just one, king, king of the ages, king of the Jews, king of kings, king of all the saints, the lawgiver, the lamb, the lamb of God, the leader, the life, the light of the world, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord of all, the Lord of glory, the Lord of lords, the Lord of righteousness, the man of sorrows, the mediator, the messenger of the covenant, the Messiah, the mighty God, the mighty one, the morning star, the Nazarene, the only begotten Son of God, our Passover, only potentate, Prince of kings, Prince of life, Prince of peace, prophet, redeemer, resurrection and life, the rock, root of David, the rose of Sharon, the savior, the seed of the woman, the shepherd and bishop of souls, the Shiloh, the son of the blessed, The son of David, the son of God, the son of the highest, the son of man, the son of righteousness, the star of Jacob, true light, true vine, truth, witness, word, the word of God. All these titles given to the son of God. And God says in the last days, God has spoken to us by his son. He is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person. 
He upholds all things with the power of his might, and he has purged us from our sins. He has spoken to us by his Son. Well, what has he said by his Son? This is always a powerful thought. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the great shepherd. No man taketh my life from me, but I lay it down to myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No man shall pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He is the only means of our salvation. When I think of Jesus, I think of Jesus and his power to know us. You remember he saw Nathaniel and he said, Now before I saw you, Nathaniel, I saw you in the courtyard over here. And Nathaniel knew there was no way Jesus could have seen him except with spiritual x-ray eyes. Because in the courtyard, it was all surrounded. Nobody could see inside. I think of his power to help us in times of temptation. The devil tempted Jesus, and Jesus answered the devil by the word of God. I think of his power to draw us to himself. In John chapter 4, he met a woman that didn't believe. Her name was, I do not know, it was a Samaritan woman she is called in the Bible. And the Jews hated the Samaritans. And Jesus said to that Samaritan woman, would you give me a drink of water? Well, she was shocked. She said, how is it that you being a Jew would ask for water of me, I'm a Samaritan? Don't you know we don't have any dealings with each other? <laughs> and Jesus said, if you knew who it was that asked a drink of water, you'd ask of me and I'd give you living water. That got her attention. And then Jesus said, go call your husband. He'd never met this woman before. Well, she said, I don't have a husband. He said, you, you've answered correctly. You've had five of them. First one didn't please you, got rid of him. Second one didn't please you, got rid of him. Third one didn't please you, got rid of him. Fourth one didn't please you, got rid of him. Fifth one didn't please you. Now the man you're living with isn't your husband. She was astounded, astonished that he knew all this about her. She put her water pots down. She tied, tried to engage in some religious conversation like we Samaritans think you ought to worship at Mount Gerizim. You Jews think you ought to worship at Jerusalem. And Jesus said, the time has come when you will neither worship Gerizim nor Jerusalem, for they who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. She put her water pots down and went into the city and said to the men, come and see a man that told me everything I've ever done. He didn't know from recorded notes. He knew because he was God. And that same Jesus knows everything about you. Everything. There's not one single, single thing hidden. He knows what's in your heart and your mind and your life. And God in these last times has spoken to us by his son. And in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12. When the Jews were saying it's not necessary to know about Jesus. And the pagans were saying, 
we have Jupiter, and we have all the Greek gods. The preacher answered, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. And that's what the writer of Hebrews was telling us. God, in times past, in divers manners, spoke, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son. And I want to tell you, the only way for salvation, like Miss Sue sang a little while ago, is Jesus. The only way. He's not one among many. He's the only way. And if you reject him, you reject life, you reject forgiveness, you reject heaven, you invite yourself to that eternal, terrible place Jesus called hell. I ask you, don't go there. Turn to Jesus. Maybe we pray together. Our Father, we thank you that in these last days, God hath spoken to us by his Son. And that Son is the express image of God. All we can ever know about God, we see in Jesus Christ. We pray that somebody today will turn to Jesus. In his name we ask it, amen. Let's stand, please. What pe- 167, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come to thee. While we sing in just a moment, I want to ask you, have you come to Jesus? Have you personally invited him to come into your heart and be your Savior and your Lord? If you have not, why not today? Why not just say, Lord, I need you. I want to be saved. I want Christ to live in my heart. Would you do that? And if you're already saved, are you serving? Are you living where God answers prayer? Is there somebody here that impressed by God that you should move your membership to this church. You do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do while we sing just as I am.